Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Hello everyone, all our West Australian football fans, welcome to the very first episode of Around the Waffle on Backchat. It's great to have your company. Well, we are drawing ever closer to the 2023 WAFL season. It all begins on Awfully Good Friday, but this week on our very first show, we're going to delve into all the teams one by one and dissect their fortunes. My name is Paul Persick. It's a great pleasure to have your company on Around the Waffle, and throughout the first couple of weeks, we're going to have several guest hosts joining us before our official co host Taylor Cowper joins us on April 18th after round two and fittingly we've got uh, a fantastic aficionado he's passionate about all things WAFL the great Muppet Andrew Henry on he joins us here today Muppet how are you terrific can't wait for the waffle to start bring on Good Friday oh it's going to be fantastic the Easter weekend Good Friday Easter Saturday five big games to kick off the season and what a season it is going to be with such an open competition and any one of about six or seven teams can make the five yeah ditto to all that should be a, a cracking season I can see, yeah, five or six teams being real competitors and premiership contenders in 2023. Now, the format for Around the Waffle, if you're not familiar with it, we will release episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays across the season, and we'll also have specials ranging from the state games, finals, mid-season reviews, and much, much more. So strap on the seatbelts, click it into gear, and go in overdrive. It is going to be a huge season of Waffle in 2023, and we can't wait to be a part of it. You can like us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, and it's available on your podcast provider and on YouTube. This is our season preview Paul Persick and Andrew Henry on joining us on Around the Waffle. Well, just before we get into our team previews, Muppet, let's look back on 2022. There were several highlights that uh, carried a lot of significance for the WAFL and WA footy fans in general. One in particular was, of course, West Perth winning the flag at their spiritual home of footy at Leaderville Oval in front of 17,000. Yeah, what a day. Terrific day, terrific crowd, terrific game. Went right down to the wire. It was game on in that last quarter. Excitement. Great ratings for Channel 7. Yeah. And uh, I'll take my West Perth hat on, but the best team won. (laughs) Uh, Well, any one of those teams could have been the best team when you're looking at it on grand final day because they were so evenly matched. I mean, Claremont, powerful side, so too West Perth. But also the, the big moment of that day, Darren Harris being lifted up off uh, off the ground and, uh, you know, giving a nice little fist pump to some at the outer end, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, a lot has been spoken about that. He's been asked about it countless times, but... ah. Uh, He's, he can live with it. I can live with it. It was a great day. It was in the heat of the moment stuff, and he's explained why he did it. It was all in good fun. Well, while West Perth took out the cup, I reckon the headlines belonged to East Fremantle for the right reasons last year. I mean, just look at their rise from 7th in 2021 to a heady run to the prelim in 2022, and what players they had in such a great, exciting brand of footy that we saw from the Sharks last year. Yeah, ex- exactly right. East Fremantle just ran out of soldiers in the preliminary final. Uh, Claremont got them. Bokers went down. I think Murdoch got injured, did he, for the prelim final? Late withdrawal. Pulled out, late game, withdrawal. Yeah. You lose your best players. Claremont got hold of them in the first quarter with the wind and it was season over. But that's the East Romano we expect, you know. Hard to beat. Uh, tough as boots sort of side, East Romano. have always been um, a hard side to beat. Uh, and traditional good club. So... 
terrific breeding ground of players coming through for the AFL. So I expect East Fremantle to be uh, go go up there again this year as oh, well. So many good opportunities for those players, as you said. You know, with Bryn Teagle going to Port Adelaide and a couple going to West Coast as well. And one of the big reasons for East Fremantle's success was the return of footy to the Wacker, which is their temporary home for at least two or three years. The firm turf and their their ability to spread the ball around the wings was absolutely fantastic. We saw a lot of that with uh, East Fremantle at the Wacker this uh, last year. Yeah, they were hard to beat there. They beat West Perth there. Yep. Uh, they unfortunately lost a, a derby there as well. Their old their nemesis South Fremantle keep biting them, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Fourteen in a row it is now. Jeepers. I think, and then they lost to Claremont as well when they got overrun as well. Another big highlight I reckon for last year was the state game back in May. Who says state football is dead? I don't think it's ever going to die. Make no mistake about that. WA in South Australia at Optus Stadium on a Sunday, the best of the best from both states, right down to the wire. And South Australia retaining the Hayden Bunton Cup in an absolute cracker. And of course, with the state game going to Adelaide on a Friday night, the stakes are even higher. Yeah, that's right. Like last year's game. South Australia were all over WA. WA came home like Kiwi in the 1983 Melbourne Cup and nearly p- pipped them. It was tight as two coats of paint at the end. It was a Terrific fantastic game. game yeah. uh, the players got a lot of, a real buzz out of it, I heard as well. So, yeah, state football between WA and South Australia, just keep it that way. It's a terrific rivalry. The fiercest rivalry in over 120 years of football. It was certainly a great game. Of course, that'll be May 19th this year on a Friday night at the Adelaide Oval. It'll be an absolute cracker. There'll be more highlights in season 2023. Let's get to the teams. This is Paul Persick and Andrew Henry on Around the Waffle Season Preview 2023. We'll go from top to bottom, Muppet, and we'll start off with the Premier's West Perth. Well, there were stalwarts around the team. I mean, you can't say that there was a standout because it was a complete team premiership when you look at their side on the field. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the nucleus of the team has been there for years now. I mean... Black, Nelson, Kaitel, Meadows came back. Mitch Pearce is one of the fairest and best last year. Guadagnon's turned into an A grader. Added to the mix a fit, Mark, a fit Mark Hutchings. Zach Landon is apparently the fittest bloke in the waffle, I'm mm-hmm. being told. On the track, he's looking unbelievable. Look, they're going to be hard to beat in 2023. Darren Harris, he, he's... Probably his last year. He may hand over the reins at the end of this year. He wants to go back-to-back. The club hasn't been back-to-back since the 40s, I think. Yeah, 41-42 was the last one they went back-to-back, so it's a very long time ago. Yeah, you need luck to win grand finals. Everyone knows, knows that. But they're in a good place, West Perth. They beat Peel last week. Uh, Peel had 12 AFL Dockers-listed players, and they still beat them. Players are coming through. Apparently, Michael Mallard is looking terrific on the track. He didn't play a lot of le- lot of league football last year. There's good words about him. The emergence of players like Rundle and uh, Hinder, Hinder, who's got yeah. stacks of pace. Yeah, it's just been a conveyor belt of quality players coming through at West Perth and. Uh, anything other than a top three finish after the home and away, I think will be a bit disappointing. No, you're absolutely they, right. They're aiming high. They certainly are. Darren Harris's boys are really aiming high and a lot of good players. You talk about those, the likes of Kytel, Keegan Knott, the Dynamo up mm. forward, Luke Meadows, who won the Simpson medal in the grand final. Mitch Pierce, I reckon he's going to continue his improvement from last year, emerging uh, as a, a genuine on-ball star for the Falcons. And when the opposition looks at the Falcons in a little detail, especially their midfield setup, Mitch Pierce, he's going to be the one to stop. Well, He's the player that gets under the radar of a lot of clubs. They focus on Black. They love going at Black. They focus on Nelson. They know they can't stop Meadows because he's a bull. So Mitch Pearce, he's the sort of bloke who gets head down, ass up, gets the hardball and gets it to those players. He's such an important player at West Perth. He just, he's, 
he just gets his hands dirty. He's the player you want there. A bit like Steve Torella did 20 years ago for West Perth. Just got the hard ball, and it's such an important role at West Perth. Always willing to get down there, get your hands dirty, and get, uh, get after the pillars, they say. Now, their first four games... All of them winnable, except maybe the, the, the first one and in round four, round three rather. They've got uh, Claremont on Awfully Good Friday. Then they've got the Eagles at home. That one's a winnable one on April the 15th. Then they have got uh, Swan Districts in round three at Steel Blue. That one I reckon is going to be tough. And also uh, Subiaco in round four. I reckon the one in round three is going to cause g- genuine problems because the Swans are hard to beat over there. But if they start with a three and one record, that'll still be good enough. Yeah, uh, Swans are a bit of a West Perth bunny. Yeah. They don't often lose to Swans, even at Bassendean at home. They've always been a side that West Perth have um, handled pretty well. Uh, Claremont, a bit of a hard game. That's going to be a 50-50 game, like you say. West Perth versus the Eagles, you think they'd lock that and maybe get the, the win there. And Subi, yeah, that's another 50-50 game, but that spells well for the competition for mine. It nice competitive does. footy. Yeah, and a very even competition right down to the wire. You'd be hard-pressed to say West Perth won't go back-to-back. They have a side that is capable of going back-to-back, but with such a tough competition, I reckon they'll find it a little bit tougher this year. Oh, no, I'm... I'm picking them to win it. I think You're they can them go win back it? to it. Yeah, just on paper. I've had a look at all the teams. I think they can do it this year. They've got a back. team to do it. They've got a team to do it, but I reckon there'll be a couple of others that'll stake their claim. One of them is the runners-up, Claremont. Now, another grand final loss, two in three years, that is going to sting, and especially when you've got so many strong players on the field and any best 22 they should have won the flag last year, to be frank, and they should have won it in 2020 with the list that they got. And they'll be going right there for a premiership. It's premiership or bust for Claremont this year. Uh, no argument. No, when you've got a side that has the talent of Rogers, Bolton, Liam, Edwards, Mountford, they're stacked with talent. They've got stacks of pace. That's one thing they can do. They can move the ball fast and they can hurt you in bursts. They can kick four or five goals in the space of 10 minutes. Game over. They can do it in the home and away season. The finals and the grand finals, like you said, on paper, they should have won a flag in the last three years. They haven't. They will be stinging. Yeah, they certainly will. But I reckon it'll take some sort of an effect on the Tigers. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Just the players in particular. Lim, you know, celebrated his 150th game last week in a semi-final. He's a very strong midfielder, can play a little bit up forward. So watch out for his improvement on the field, especially with the likes of Jai Bolton keeping him company in the midfield. And up forward, you have... Alexander Manuel, who's a goal sneak. He can really kick some goals out of nowhere. Bailey Rogers wins the ball a lot. Declan Hardesty from full back. He's a very strong defender and can push up the ground a little bit. And I reckon their attacking game plan in general has been fantastic over the last few years, and it will come to a head again. Yeah, throw in Ben Edwards there because he is a waffle gun. He's got serious pace. He can hurt teams, gets it two bounces, bang into the 50. That hurts you at waffle level. It does, and it will hurt any team that uh, goes in Claremont's way. But uh, when you look at it, They've also got a good spine as well with young players coming up through the ranks. When you look at their win over Subi in round two, just look at the debutants they had. Lawrence Evans, Oliver Sheldrick, Zach Mainwaring, who kicked five goals in the preseason game against East Fremantle last week, Charlie Malone and Cohen Jackman. They've got some serious young talent that is going to be climbing up through the ranks before you know it. Yeah, they're full of depth. Mm. And Zach Mainwaring kicking five goals against East Fremantle. I wonder what his dad's thinking <laughs> <laughs> doing, it against, doing it against the Sharks. <clears throat> if it was for the Sharks, maybe it could have been a better story, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of the Sharks, that's where we'll go next. And uh, even though they got beaten in a preliminary final, they ran out of legs that day. 
They can hold their heads up higher, and I reckon they'll be gunning for a step better in season 2023 with the players they've got and the players that, that, that will be coming back in the second half of the season especially. Well, even players from the start of the season, so they get Stranata, and Dixon back from the Eagles, they is do, that right? Yes, that's correct. They'll be waffle A-graders. Cody Leggett and Dylan O'Reilly are coming back as well, is that's that right. right? And they've recruited Harry Marsh, and he's a beautiful kick of the footy. He's come from Subi to East Fremantle to join his brother John. So... Add in, the, add in John Marsh, who probably on his day is pound for pound the best player in the comp. He can turn a game by himself, and he did that against East Perth last year. Um, so big things expected of East Romano that they don't drop any lower than they did last year. Yeah, if they drop lower than the top three, then it's going to be a wasted opportunity when you think about how, how quickly they rose up the ladder in 2022. Milan Murdoch in particular, I reckon he announced himself as one of the great in and under players, especially in midfield. He ended up uh, being in the Waffle Team of the Week five times this season, which is a great achievement, and won the Lynn Medal as uh, the Sharks' best and fairest. Just over, just under 26, possess, uh, 26 possessions a game throughout the season and more than 30 disposals on three occasions. That's how huge of a difference he can make in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Isra Mantle going forward. I think At the Wacker, they've made it a bit of a fortress. They're hard to beat there. They've got that Monaghan discipline uh, play, which he instilled at West Perth. So, yeah, Isra Mantle can be optimistic going into this season. Monaghan's attention to detail as a coach is just fantastic. He really studies the opposition so well and what the opposition game plan is, how they can interject that into their own game plan and how how they can, can uh, convert that on the field. So Monaghan, a fantastic coach, and he's got a great bunch of boys to work with. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, they're all looking at a lot of, lot of ticks to go for Isra Mantle pre-season. Just got a Jonathan Marsh doesn't play in the first two games because of suspension. He did, that's, that's correct. He did get suspended uh, in the pre-season game, so he'll miss the first two games. Well, he'll owe them something. No, I reckon so. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll owe the club a lot after that because he was one of their most prominent forwards and he's a, he's a character. But, you know, you need, you need characters in the game like that. And I was fortunate enough to call a couple of his games, especially at the Wacker. Booted a big haul of goals, five against Subi in round six. He can bring a lot of extra people into those games with the way he plays. Yeah, and also... I hope they chuck him in the midfield more when they're going down a bit, just to pinch hit, just to bullock some opposition players because he's got that ability. As a, he's as tough as old boots. Yeah, and if he can win centre clearances when Isra Mandel are getting, having a bit of a lull during the game, that's a massive asset. Let's go across town. South Fremantle, well, I think... Already, they took the headlines early this month with the salary cap breach from the 2021 Grand Final. Now, for those that weren't aware, they were docked $25,000 and eight premiership points. So, so they'll really start negative eight and at the bottom of the ladder at the start of the season. Yeah, that's... Uh, whoa, what a liability to get, <sighs> get cracking. I mean, I think that's going to hurt him big time this year. But the biggest thing that's going to hurt him is the retirement of four of their A-graders, Sloith. Verrier, Subin and Shaw. I mean, that's quality waffle right there. Uh, How do you replace it? Good luck. Yeah, it's a tough one because you've got four very good players, as you said. Schleuth, I reckon, was the real standout last season. I mean, he played another great season, even if it was his last, just under 28 possessions and also runner-up in the Sandover medal and a fifth best and fairest along with his 2020 premiership. I mean, that's an outstanding resume that Schleuth had and we do wish Schleuth all the best in his next chapter. But to lose... Four strong quality players does give South Fremantle a bit of a hit. But some great opportunities for young forwards up and coming and young midfielders and defenders for the Sharks, uh, for the Bulldogs rather. 
Brendan Donaldson, he's a live wire up forward. Yeah, terrific player. Dylan Main, who's just been named captain this week for Another. South Fremantle. Yep. So they've got still a good nucleus of a side give on any given day in their best 22, and including the return of the rumbling Rambo on the ruck, Brock Higgins. Yeah, yeah, the caveman, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's dangerous. He's I mean, former state player, chucking the likes of like Archie and Jimmy Miller, who's a power forward. South have definitely... Uh, I just think that eight-point buffer that they've got to deal with will come back and bite them, and finals is going to be a massive hurdle to get to. Especially when the competition gets tight. You know, when you go to those last two or three rounds and they have that eight-point deduction hanging over their heads and fighting for a spot in the five, that's when you've really got to win those games and win big. I mean, we saw that with Swan Districts and Peel Thunder last year. Now it's South Fremantle's turn to feel that pressure if they get to that stage. Yeah, exactly right. They wouldn't want to drop one home game, South Fremantle. No. It's, a, it's a hard place to win at mm. the prison. And, um, yeah... They don't want to come out of jail with any uh, losses there. No, they certainly won't. Uh, they had a draw last season as well, so they almost had an L to the column. That was against West Perth uh, late in the season. But uh, like you said, they are a very uh, hard side to beat at Fremantle Oval when they've got their best 22 out in the field. Now, Peel Thunder, well, I'll say Peel, they were lucky to make the five last year. I mean, they had a side, given that they had so many Dockers players... They had a side that was capable of making the five, but they weren't playing like finalists for much of the season. I mean, but they built up some ominous form late in the season to their credit. Well, Peel, same old story. It's just docker dependent. If they get a side that had the likes of Collier, Erasmus, Johnson, Hughes, Noble, Quirk, Sturt, Tracy, Wagner, and the, the Dockers AFL side stage reasonably injury-free, chucking their uh, stalwarts like Thorne and Gray and Bennell and Bell... That's a that's a quality side on paper, and I wouldn't be wouldn't like to be coming up against them. That side could beat any side in the waffle. Well, everyone likes to talk about the fact that the, that the Peel Thunder side are very docker dependent, but they've still got a lot of good local guys out there that have been playing some good football. Ty Anderson last year, he was fantastic. I reckon his run through the midfield and his insertion into the on-ball rotation is going to be a huge difference for Peel. I mean, he can run like the wind and kick those goals on the run like no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and. Playing at Peel's a hard ground to win at, especially with those sort of players. So, yeah, I'm expecting Peel to play finals again this year and do well. Um, yeah, just down at Mandra, but it's they're away form and sometimes they can, can have lulls. But Jeff Valentine, terrific coach, mm. knows his barometer and, yeah, expect Peel to be up there with this, with those AFL-listed players. Will this season be the toughest for Jeff Valentine in his time as, as Peel Thunder coach, especially when they had a lot of momentum in the second half of the season and they got through to a first semi-final? Uh, same thing again. Depends on how their, their, their AFL side goes. That's all it comes down to. That's going to be the barometer. If they get a lot of injuries and uh, all their uh, fringe... Uh, Dockers players, AFL players go up the, the level. That's going to le- leave a good, lot of gaping holes at the waffle. Now we go to Swan Districts. Now they're a side that should have made the five last year. I mean, look at the players they had on the field. Turner, Urseg, Palmer, Fisher, Watson, Edwards. They should have made the five. How they blew it in round 20, it is beyond me. Oh, they came up against a star-studded Peel side, though. Yeah, still, I mean, they had a good chance of winning that game. I mean, the side they had on paper... Star-studded, Swan Districts. And especially when you look at the likes of Aidan Clark running rampant in the midfield and up forward. Having said that, though, they will have a new coach in Andrew Prune who's replacing uh, Adam Pickering this season. And the gelling process will take some time for Swan Districts. But I still think they'll be good enough to make the five, especially with the fact that they are hard to beat at Steel Blue Oval. 
Yeah, and they get that can bar behind them. If the game's tight at three-quarter time and those locals get feral and get behind them, that's an extra player on the ground. I've seen it myself. Uh, yeah, it's Both a, grand finalists found that out the hard way last year. Yeah, yeah, West Perth got pumped there. and that. So, Swannies, get behind your side this year. Get down to the ground because you're an extra player down there. <laughs> um, I just don't... I think Swans will be nuisance value and be on the borderline of the top, top five. I don't know if they've got enough depth. Their bottom six or seven worries me. What about Tony Knott? There's been a lot of uh, talk around him. Will he play or will he not play this season? If he comes back into that Swans side, there's going to be more experience in that side. Over 270 games of Waffle footy. And if he goes for another season, 300 will be the target. Oh, terrific stalwart for the Waffle. He brings so much to that side in the sense of like the players respect him, former AFL player, loves the club. Yeah, they'd rather have him than not. I'll give you the tip. Jesse Turner should have won the Sandover medal last year. How didn't he poll as many votes as he did? I mean, he's been a consistent performer for a number of years now in the middle. Got 40 possessions a couple of times last season. Runs rampant in the midfield and really not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's a good in and under player. Well, Swans don't win enough games. Case closed. If they won more games, he'd, do, he'd win, get more Sandover medal votes. Terrific player, got fantastic pace. Mm. When he gets going, you just can't catch him. Mm. And Swans, again, will be looking for, to, to him and guys like Aidan Clark for big seasons this year to and, get him up the ladder. And from their defence too, Brandon Urseg, he's going to have a big season down at fullback, uh, especially after his games late in the season when you look at uh, his performances against Claremont and West Perth in that Round 19 game. His intercept marking and run-off uh, half-back is a huge difference. Now... We go to Subiaco. Now, Subiaco... Yeah, strange season for Subi. Mm. We're so not used to seeing Subi not make finals. No. So, and some of the... They got thrashed on a few occasions, didn't they? They did, they did. By uh, South Fremantle, they lost to, uh, to South Fremantle. They lost to East Fremantle twice as well. They got beat by West Perth twice. And they even lost to uh, Swan Districts as well. So, that was really out of the blue for Subiaco last season. But I spoke with Bo Wardman recently on radio, and he said... They won't be satisfied with being down for long. I mean, he's a hell of a coach and got a great side on paper as well. I mean, several experienced players are staying there for Subiaco and they've got a returning ruckman, Zach Clark. Yeah, they have. And he t- replaces Lachlan Delahunty, who retired. Massive loss for Subi. He's a spiritual man player of that club. He oh, yeah. led that club. He, Lachlan was a terrific player, probably one of the best. Sandover medalist, premiership, all those sort of accolades. So he's going to be hard to replace, but... I like their side. I mean, you have guys like Kitchen, Sokol, Lockyer comes back, Borchette's a goal scorer, Gyro now comes into the team, uh, and veterans like Dura and Walters. There's a nucleus of that Subi side that we saw a few years ago, so I expect Subi to bounce back. And there'll be no questions asked, there'll be no excuses. If uh, Expect uh, rumblings if Subi don't make the... Uh, top four this year, top well, four or five. Finals won't be expected at Subiaco. It's demanded after it's missing given. the 5-2 in the last three years, including 2020, where they missed the four it was at the time due to a condensed season. And I reckon the player that's going to have a lot of responsibility, as he has done for the last three seasons, is Lee Kitchen. I mean, what a standout season he had once again. State captain, Simpson medalist in that very state game. Averaged just under 28 possessions. Stalwart in the midfield. He'll have a lot of responsibility. Well, yeah, he's just a ball magnet and he's a beautiful kick. He can slice a team over with his delivery into the forward 50. And he also gets a hard ball at stoppages. Yeah, he's a complete package at waffle level. He certainly is. And especially on his best day, uh, Lee Kitchen and a couple of the other experienced players in Max Walters and uh, Ben Sokol in the forward line who uh, can really kick big bags of goals on any given day. 
they got a good nucleus for that uh, for that side making the finals. Yeah, yeah. Just expect Subi to bounce back. Case closed. Absolutely. Now East Perth. Now they've got a new coach as well in Ross McQueen. And you were saying to me off uh, off air before the episode that they just need a, a more attacking game plan because they play very defensively. Well, I, I saw East Perth probably four or four four or five times last year. They retain a lot of possession. They chip it around a lot. But teams are aware of that. They get back, they wait for that 50-50 contest and hit them on the break. And every team was doing it. When they made that more attacking brand of football, kicked it long and moved the ball fast, then, then they look a more prominent side. I mean, Wilcox, Schumacher, Scott, Brayshaw, Robertson, they're seriously good waffle players. The nucleus of a good side is there at East Perth. And... There's no more excuses. They can't use the Eagles anymore. They can't use the rebuilding anymore. They've got a new coach. East Perth have got to start delivering. Kate, that's, that's my opinion. Stan Wright as well, I reckon he's going to deliver as well. Now 74 games, but uh, last season he really took that next step from being such a, a handy player to a constant contributor on every week across the season. I mean, 22 possessions a game he averaged did Stan while playing all 18 games in the season. But uh, he... Here's a key one for you as far as Stan's concerned. He had over 20 possessions on 11 occasions and never had fewer than 15. That's how consistent as a ball magnet he can be. Yeah, that's exactly right. And also, main thing about East Perth is their first four games. They take Swans, Subi, Perth and Peel. They don't want to be one and three after that or it's catch-up footy for the rest of the season. The one on the opening round I don't think will be winnable. The one against Swan Districts on Awfully Good Friday. Okay, okay, we'll see. We'll, well, see. we'll have to wait and see. But uh, of course, now the Eagles beat East Perth last week in the preseason. Yes, they did by a goal. Yep, by a goal. Okay, that will make things very interesting for East Perth under Ross McQueen. Okay. Now on the subject of new coaches, Peter German returns to Perth, and that's where we go to so next. Now. Had, they had some coverage under Adrian Barrage. Yeah, Barrow with the Barrow with uh, the new presidency role and uh, a couple of AFL legends undertaking coaching roles at other levels uh, within the Perth Football Club. Chris Main and Ben Cousins as well. So uh, a lot of off field changes as well as on field for the Demons. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I don't know. I don't know. I, Look, I heard Peter German went down there. He's the right man for the job. He's harder than a coffin nail. He won't be taking any lip down there. He he wants respect at that club. I heard he got down there and he he realizes that it's not a not a club that a lot of players will want to come and play for. He wants to change that, and that's a terrific attitude to have. He did the same thing with Subiaco, you know, two decades ago, and look where they are now. Oh. Subi had a bit of coin, though. Oh, come on. <laughs> Regardless of how much coin any club has. I mean, if, if a coach changes the culture of a club from cellar dwellers to premiership success, the coach, you know, really has to take a lot of the credit, regardless. Yeah, he got Subi to win flags. Yeah, that's true. I'll, t- I'll buy that. But uh, it's going to be a harder task at Perth, I'll give you the tip. I mean, they haven't won a flag since 77. 77. I think they've only had two finals campaigns in that period. And the, the waffle needs a competitive Perth. We, mm. You don't want to go to Blathlane Park and come away with a 10-goal win. You know, I, I don't want Perth to start the season slowly or have a couple of wins, then drift off and pitter away and start losing. Because that's the problem with Perth, mm. is that the longer the season goes, the worse they get. They've got to stop that. Well, even if they had a big run of injuries last year, you're absolutely right. The, uh, the further down the season they go, the worse they became. I mean, I, caught, I called a couple of their games and it was very embarrassing, to be frank, to see Perth go down the way they did. But having said that, some of the wins they had over the last couple of years have been all down to a lot of their young players, including Harry Quartermain, who showed he can be a big answer for Perth's forward line. He can kick big bags of goals. He's a good kick, good pack mark, and not afraid to really get physical. 
And Sam Stubbs has come back. Sam Stubbs who is trained back. with the Dockers over the summer he to try and get on the, their list. Yep, he trained with the Dockers recently. Didn't get on the list, unfortunately, but uh, I reckon his spectacular ability on the field is going to be big for Perth. I mean, his performances on some of those big games were magnificent last year, and I reckon he can do it again. Yeah, and Trent Manzoni from West Perth, he's a beautiful kick. He'll mm. play halfback. Yep. He'll get lots of kicks. He'll bring something to the table as well. So... Let's hope for a competitive Perth. Can they play finals? I don't think so. I don't think so. I reckon they'll get, they'll get more wins, at least, than last season. So, And, and, and Peter German, he, he said he's looking at long term. He doesn't expect his team to get into finals right away. Maybe within two or three years, if Perth continue this onward path, uh, onwards and upwards, as they say, which I reckon Perth can do. We'd love to see a competitive Perth out on the field again, but it will be another tough year for them. Yeah, yeah it's going to be hard for the boys at um, Lathlone Park. Now the West Coast Eagles, of course, like Peel Thunder, AFL dependent. Last year was a year from hell, but there was a good sign last week in the preseason game. They beat East Perth. They have 15 AFL-listed players. And I picked up a comment on social media that was, that he's, he's an Eagles waffle fan. He's supporting the team. And he said, with 15 AFL-listed players, it'll be wrong if the Eagles don't make the five. Big call. I don't think they'll make the five. Uh they get Alec Waterman back from Essendon, a former Eagle. That's right. He's a power forward, and he'll be dominant at waffle level like he was at Claremont. Jackson Nessel will be a solid waffle player. I was expecting them to only win two or three games this year, but kicking 15 goals last week and beating East Perth, I'm going to have to reassess that. And yeah. it totally dependent on how, like Peel, uh, how they're... AFL side goes, they get injuries, they lose players and fill in with ammos. That that just that's yeah, that's going to um, not help them at all. Well, look at their players that they have on the field on their best day. Harry Creasy, he was the best and fairest over there at West Coast for the Waffle. Fourteen of the eighteen matches, very consistent in midfield. Yeah, also you got Harry Edwards, Luke Foley, Xavier O'Neill, uh, Greg Clark, Isaiah Winder, Patrick Nation, Ethan Hansen all contributed last year, even though they only had one win. And like you said. Last year, it depended on AFL players, and especially with those that are rotating in the AFL and Waffle side with injuries, it'll be the same thing again this year. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, if like last year they beat South when they had Nat yeah. Nui. They did in round 10 under lights. Yeah, yeah that hurt South. Gee, oh, they were dirty about that, that South. That cost them the double chance. Yeah, big no time. Doubt. That certainly cost them the double chance. But I reckon they should be able to get at least two or three more wins with the list that they've got. Yep. It's just a matter of whether they can feel the competitive 22 on the field. Yeah, exactly right. just comes down to that. Now, let's uh, go to our season predictions. That's all the 10 teams done for our season preview of Around the Waffle. First edition for 2023, it's Paul Persick and Andrew Henry on, on Around the Waffle. Okay, Muppet, I'll get you to do your season predictions first. Who's going to make the five? Who's going to make uh, the grand final? Who wins the flag and more? All right, only my predictions, you want them. Uh, I'll go for the ladder. It'll finish like this. Claremont top, West Perth second, East Fremantle third, Subiaco fourth and Peel fifth. I did have South fifth, but I think the eight-game penalty is going to hurt them big time. Grand finalists, I'm going for a rematch of last year, Claremont Ooh. versus West Perth. But West Perth, again, uh, proved superior and win the grand final. You've I clearly just, got your West Perth hat on that time. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I just like their list on paper. It's a complete list at the right age. A lot of games in that side and a great coach. Um, and all they'll need is a bit of luck. And a fit Mark Hutchings and Zach Langdon, add them into the mix. It's, it's going to be hard to beat that. An explosive side, no doubt about that. 
Uh, Sando, a medalist. Ben Edwards, he's got that speed. He's got the blonde locks. He's right under the umpires, right in the guts there. Uh, he stands out. I expect Claremont to finish top and win a lot of games. I reckon Ben Edwards to win the Sandover. Going for a tie in the Bernie Naylor medalist. Uh, the same old stalwarts, Tyler Kytel and Ben Solkol. So... Uh, I can't split them. I think both teams will do well. Two of the most prime goal kickers in the waffle. Power forwards. So, yeah, they'll end up on a draw at about 50, I reckon. Leading headline we've already had with South find and dock points. But the second big headline will be Mark Hutchings dominates the final series and retires as a Simpson medalist. Westfield win the grand final. So you think Hutchings will have his last season in 2023, plays in the finals, because as we know, he did get injured in that second semi-final, didn't play in the grand final. So uh, he'd love to be out there on that uh, last Sunday in September. Yep, redemption. Yep. So um, I reckon that's, that's what I can think of. Coach of the year, Darren Harris goes back to back. That's a no brainer if they win it. Uh, Out of the blue, not going to be popular, but I'm just going to say something. My uh, headline, Claremont dropped Jai Bolton for one game in the home and away season. Uh, I know he's a Sandover medalist, and I know Jai, and I know he's going to be dirty, but you wanted something out of the blue, that's what I'm going to go for. You realise what you may have done to the Tigers fans, mate. Yeah, I know, I know, but they're, they're stacked full of those sort of oh, players, yeah. and yeah, they may rotate some through, I don't know, that's just something I came up with. That what, is your prediction. What do you got? Well, I've got uh, my top five in store, first of all, it'll be... East from Andal, that'll take a top spot in the later this season. Then it'll be South from Andal in second, even with the eight-point deduction. I mean, that's still two wins, really, when you look at it. West Perth will be in third. They'll still be up there. Swan Districts to take fourth. And Subiaco will Hang take Hang on, no fifth. Claremont. That's right. No Claremont. They'll miss the five. <laughs> They'll miss the five. Big call. Why? Not afraid to go out there. But, you know, when you look at the side that they have on paper, how they have not won a premiership in those four or five years still boggles the mind when you think about it. And when you look at, you know, what has happened over the last three years, you know, a lot of players have had a lot of influence behind the scenes as well. That may be a detrimental effect, especially after the fact that they've lost two grand finals in three years. And if they can't get it together at the later stage of the season, then it's going to be unraveled for Claremont. I think last year, some say it came unglued in a qualifying final. I think it came unglued a little earlier when they got beaten by East Fremantle in round 19. Okay, well, you've already got your headline for the year as well. Yeah, well, I'll get to that a little bit later. So, Claremont missed a five, then it'll be Peel, Perth, East Perth, and the West Coast Eagles. As for a grand final, it'll be the first Derby grand final since 97, East and South Fremantle. And That'd be a, terrific as a oh, neutral. Get 40,000 out there at Optus Stadium on that Sunday in September, and you're guaranteed a game. And for the Premiers, I reckon it'll be the Sharks' year this year. They'll break the 25-year drought. Oh, okay. Oh, East Fremantle. Oh, what, that'll be Premiership 31 or 32? 31, I believe. Okay, jeepers. Yeah, they haven't won one this century, obviously. No, not since 1998 yep. when they uh, beat the Falcons at Subiaco Oval that day. Uh, Sandover medalist will be Jesse Turner of the Swan District's uh, side. I reckon he's going to have another big, big year. Bernie Naylor medalist will be the Falcons' big forward Tyler Keitel. Coach of the year will be Billy Monaghan. Now, I've got a rookie in there as well uh, from Peel Thunder's Colts side. I reckon he'll have a big opportunity in the league if he keeps his form up from the finals. Corey Tregenza-Cashel from Peel Thunder. He was a huge difference for the Thunder's Colts premiership last year. Am I out of the blue? This will concern, again, South Fremantle. Todd Curley, if South Fremantle don't make the finals, will be sacked. Oh, okay. Sorry, Todd. Premiership coach? Yep. Not afraid to go out there. Okay. We're not going to be popular after this with what we've said. (laughs) 
Well, at least it gets people talking. Yeah. Well, that does it for our season preview season 2023. First episode of Around the Waffle. It's been fantastic having you along, Muppet. No, I enjoyed it. Terrific. And let's hope get liking, get sharing, watch it on 7, watch it on the west.com, watch it on streamer, watch it on afl.com. Get behind Win Win Waffle. We love our footy at grassroots oh, level. Yeah. Get behind it. Absolutely. And you can like our show on our social pages. We've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages as well. We drop episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays every week across the 2023 season, and we'll have a few specials as well. So we look forward to having your company next Tuesday. For our players' perspective, we're going to net a player from one of the WAFL clubs. And next Thursday, we're going to preview Round 1 with the great Skeet himself, Mark <laughs> Reddings. He's going to join us to preview the Round 1 matches that begin on Awfully Good Friday. Thanks for joining us on Around the Waffle. We'll see you next time. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.